0: In the wilderness, not 40 years but 40 days, um, was more faithful. Was the faithful Moses, the faithful Israel, and now Jesus has gathered up um, all the people who have been part of this new emerging kingdom as, be, as he's been proclaiming the good news. And he sits them on a, sits them on a hillside and begins to teach them um, the ethics, the charter for this new kingdom. And, and again, it, the picture is just like Moses coming down from Mount Sinai to teach, to give the law of God to the people of Israel, to call them into covenant relationship. Jesus is now doing this for the new kingdom, for the people. And as we dig into Matthew chapter um, 6 this morning, let's commit our time to the Lord. Let us be people who want to have our hearts aligned with our king. Um, just as Jesus was calling his people then to as well. So Lord, um, as we start a new week, where we want to be aware that um, this is not our home, that we are sojourners, that we are in exile, that um, we are called to be a part of a new spiritual kingdom. One day it will be physical, but for now we are called to, to live on mission to proclaim the glories of your name to live set apart holy lives and lord as we hear from matthew chapter six this morning the heart of the one who belongs to the kingdom of christ lord give us ears to hear eyes to see in jesus name we pray amen all right matthew chapter six one of the things that Jesus is particularly concerned about or has a burden for a heart for and it's a heart and a burden and a passion he has for us as well as that as citizens of his kingdom that we will have hearts aligned with his heart and not merely having our duties aligned with the responsibilities of being in the kingdom in other words Jesus isn't just just concerned about outward conformity um, concerned with outward obedience, outward um, you know, com- compliance. He is concerned with the essence of our hearts. And, and let me explain a little bit why this is so important. And this is kind of riffing off a, an illustration from John Piper. But imagine all the Mother's Day celebrations that you guys were having yesterday. And imagine that as you um, gathered around mom and celebrated her, and gave her these gifts and flowers and had words of affirmation and and such and 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 she were to say you guys did not have to do this you did not have to do this and someone in your family foolishly responded and said well you know mom we we kind of did have to do this because you know if if we had if we had not done it we know you would have been upset or you know we 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 we, we knew that this was Kind of what you would anticipate happening and and we were we we in other words we we, we we were responding here out of duty right it really wasn't in our hearts to celebrate you and honor you it was it was just something we know we needed to do because it was mother's day now imagine how that would go over and you would realize quickly okay this is not honoring your mom she doesn't want me to to honor her and lift her up out of duty out of externality, when my heart is really not uh, aligned with honoring her, that wouldn't be that. That wouldn't that wouldn't that wouldn't bless her, would it? Well, think about that in the same way in our relationship with God. That that what Jesus is concerned about here is not just that we are following Him and obeying Him, but that we are doing so from the heart. That we do not have hearts that are really far from Him but, but they're actually being a spirit of hypocrisy underneath all of it that's just for show. And, and so this is what Jesus is bearing in on here. He's obviously has, in part, the, the religious leaders in mind who are all about the act, um, outward conformity, acts of external obedience, but who had hearts far from God, who were whitewashed tombs. And there's three specific spiritual disciplines that, or practices that Jesus puts his finger on that are just really pertinent for us so that we can understand how they are meant to align our hearts with the hearts of our king and are not to be mere um, situations where we are pursuing external obedience. And and those three that we find in Matthew 6 are prayer and giving and fasting. And we're gonna talk about the, the positive side of those and what those are intended to do. But let me first just kind of note some misconceptions that, that we have about, um, about each of these three, prayer, giving, and fasting. Let's look at, let's look at giving first in, in verse one, chapter six. It says, beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. That, that, in essence, is the charter over this whole chapter. Beware practicing your righteousness before other people In order to be seen by them now some people take this to mean that we should not practice righteousness in front of people at all right so so um, for example with giving thus when you give to the needy sound no trumpet before you don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing um, and there can be all sorts of kind of bizarre applications of this that well we shouldn't take a public offering or we should not celebrate generosity in the life of the church, or or, or we, we shouldn't tell one another what we give. And, and there's some good warnings there, but understand something. What Jesus is saying is that it's not that you're not to give or not that you're not even to give publicly. He's just saying that when you do so, we're not to do so in order to be seen by others, in order to be affirmed by others. So we know that from first Corinthians that generosity giving is an is a spiritual gift to be celebrated along with other spiritual gifts in the life of the church and and sometimes we have a perception that we're to sort of put a fence around the celebration of generosity and giving when in fact um, Jesus is not warning against that he's warning against doing it for the wrong reasons now sometimes we can try to put a hedge around this idea of being generous and giving because we're trying to protect ourselves. We're trying to protect our lack of generosity. And, um, you know, methinks the protest too much about these sorts of things. But here, Jesus is simply saying, hey, when you you give, okay, don't do it in order that people think highly of you or think of you as generous, okay? So that's that's a misconception, number one. Misconception number two: When it comes down to fasting, look at verse sixteen. Interesting, it doesn't say if you fast; it says when you fast. Um, but again, um, don't make a show of it. And so, a lot of times, um, you know, if you're if you're fasting, there can be a sense of I can't tell anybody or I can't let anybody know what I'm doing. I can't invite other people in to pray for me as I'm fasting. And again, that's not what Jesus is saying. He's just saying, don't go out of your way to display your righteousness, okay? Um, don't be motivated to do these things out of a desire to make yourself look good. Um, another misconception, look look back at verse five, has to do with prayer. And it's, Jesus tells us clearly here, to not go around babbling, look verse seven, uh, heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, where they think that they will be heard for their many words. And we try to weigh that against what Jesus says about being persistent in prayer and and being bold in prayer, or even what Paul says about praying without ceasing. Well, what Jesus is specifically referring to here are are this idea of, of mindless praying or just babbling on and on. Um, When in fact we know that what we want to do, we can come to the Lord frequently, persistently, without it being um, uh, a distraction in terms of just mumbling things, empty phrases, Christian jargon over and over and over again. We don't have to do that because God knows our heart. Jesus knows our heart. And we certainly aren't to do it, okay? Okay. Uh, to be seen as spiritual, as seen, as seen to be religious. And so, so Jesus again is not telling us not to be persistent, not to come repeatedly, not to pray continually. He's just saying in the way that we do it, don't do it in a way by persistently babbling um, to make people, other people think that we are spiritual. Um, because we're heaping up phrases and those sorts of things. So, so those are some misconceptions about, about these three disciplines. But let me get to the heart of this idea that, that of what these are given to us to do, what, what, what they're given um, to us for us to proactively engage in. These are spiritual disciplines. And as such, um, interestingly here, it never says if you give, or if you pray, or if you fast. It assumes that these are spiritual disciplines that are part of the life of every believer. And they are given to be things that help form and shape our hearts. Now, in seasons like this, in pandemics, as when we're isolated and secluded and we have more time, it really reveals a lot, doesn't it? It can really reveal how, in a lot of ways, we are impoverished in our spiritual disciplines. We are impoverished in specific ways. So this is a great time for Oaks to be taking spiritual inventory. And, and, and let me just say, as we talk about each of these disciplines, I don't wanna be a hypocrite either, and I wanna tell you that, that because of personality, because of, of, of my different giftings, I'm not going to be naturally oriented I'm not going to have a natural disposition to to the quiet things, to the contemplative things, to the meditative things, to the the things of discipline. Um, I like to be active. I like to be going. I like to get things done. I like to to, to get things accomplished. But seasons like this are very helpful for me too as well, to be able to, to identify, take a spiritual inventory and to say, what do I need to be doing, Lord, to cultivate these disciplines of quiet meditation, Reflection, communion in your presence. So let me mention a couple of things about about each of these three disciplines. Let me talk about, uh, first, about giving, okay? One of the interesting things here um, that Jesus tells us about giving, and look down in verse 19 about laying, for your, laying treasures up for yourself, verse 21, it says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now, a lot of times we think about um, giving being a reflection of our values, and that's true. So Jesus could just as easily have said, where your heart is, there your treasure will be. And and that's true. Whatever we love, value, um, we're going to put our money, our time, our resources behind it. But Jesus is pointing to a different sort of principle here. He's actually saying that it also works in reverse. There's also a reciprocity involved in giving, that when we give out of faith, that this in turn shapes our hearts. And, and again, we can think about how that is true in our life as well. Those things that we have to put money towards every month, whether it's our mortgage or our utilities, um, and, and it does give us, it shapes our hearts, right, towards valuing those things that that money is going towards. And so so one of the things that Jesus is encouraging us to do Don't wait until we feel generous, okay? Don't wait until we feel like we want to be um, giving, and not just of our money, but of our time and our resources. In fact, when we employ those things, those have a reciprocal effect on our hearts, that what we are disciplined to give our time, money, energy towards, God begins to shape our life in those directions. And, And so just an encouragement to us, it's never too late to start, Um, it is it's not about what you've done it's what about you do next what you do next and god uses that uses that discipline of giving to to help shape our hearts towards the things of the kingdom Um, thinking about prayer you know jesus gives us a great model of prayer and there's a lot of great teaching on the lord's prayer um, by different people luther has some great stuff there's a lot of great resources but thinking about the lord's prayer is not something you merely recite But in fact, it's a model. It's a model about coming to God. It's a model about praying for his kingdom. It's a model about asking for your daily needs. It's a model for confessing your sins and thinking about how we can use that template for prayer uh, to punctuate the rhythms in our life, whether it's morning, afternoon, evening, before we go to bed, um, all of the above. Again, it doesn't have to be huge amounts of time um, necessarily, although that's a discipline as well, but, but really the frequency, let me just encourage us, Four Oaks, towards the frequency of prayer, even if it's for a short amount of times during the day, that these things seek to cultivate a closeness and communion with God. Um, last thing I'll mention, and then we'll be done, related to fasting. Um, let's be honest, this is a lost art. It's a lost discipline. And for other eras and times and places in the world and history, that discipline was much more natural because people were so used to going without. And those occasions of going without were opportunities to seek the Lord and to have him cultivate um, dependence in our hearts upon him. But, But let's be honest, because we have so much, we oftentimes perceive that we have little need. And when we incorporate a discipline of fasting in our lives, it reminds us just what Jesus said two chapters ago, man does not live by bread alone. Uh, John Piper has an excellent book called Hunger for God, which talks about the discipline of fasting and how God uses it to shape our hearts and minds. And again, let me just encourage all of us, even if we stink on all, all of these, okay, so to speak, what a great opportunity this season to take inventory to take spiritual stock and to say, God, I want to be someone who has a heart in alignment with yours. Uh, I don't want to just pursue the externalities of being in the kingdom. I actually want to love my king, be with my king, honor my king. God offers us these spiritual disciplines to help shape and mold our hearts in this way. And I'll be praying for you as you employ these, uh, maybe for the first time uh maybe for the first time in a long time like me with some of these that you would that god would um, use it to really ground you in him and to mold your heart um, in conformity to that of his son all right let me pray for us lord um we need your sanctifying grace at work in our lives as we pursue these disciplines for what it means to be a part of your kingdom, Lord, we want to have hearts that are close to yours, not far from yours. We don't want to be um, oriented to mere externalities, Lord. We want to honor you in all that we do. So I pray for these three disciplines: giving, fasting, and prayer. And Lord, we we really pray that you would use these in this season to shape our hearts, or might it be a a twenty four hour period just to be without with food and water? Might it just be a, a step of faith to give? um over and above maybe what we we currently do um lord whatever it may be lord we just pray father that you would use it to make us more like your son it's in his name that we pray amen thanks four oaks great being back with you see you tomorrow same time same station for matthew chapter 7